With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined by everybody on a special live episode straight from Latro, Pennsylvania here at St. Vincent College. As we recap day two of Pittsburgh Steelers training camp, I'm joined by Stephen Thompson, as always on Fridays, my boy, Derek Bell. Derek, how you feel, my friend? What's good, man? I was gonna say it's a it's a steamy one here in Kentucky, but man, it looks like y'all y'all are on a different level there in, in PA. Uh, not doing good, man. Ready to talk some ball? Good, I'm glad. Yeah, it's uh, steamy. Would steamy would be the word? Steamy yeah. would definitely be the word. Yeah, Chris Carter told me it looked like I was sweating through my shirt, and I told him that's probably because I was sweating through my shirt. So <laughs> that gives you an idea of what it's like out here in Latrobe. Yeah, quick uh, quick hundred degrees, which I guess that's uh. A good place to start. I think the the biggest storyline that came out of Pittsburgh Steelers training camp today was Deontay Johnson leaving carted off the sideline. I don't want to say the field. He walked over to the cart. Didn't seem like a, a huge issue. Couple of cramps, couple of heat injury things. It was 95 degrees out there. Like yeah. it was it was no joke hot. I watched Calvin Austin come over and I could literally see the cramp coming out of his calf. Alfonso Graham was running mid-run cramps up you could see his calf wouldn't calm down um it, it, it was rough it was hot but uh, i mean that's that's expected for those of you that are, are kind of worried about the injuries i wouldn't be too worried not right now i just would be worried that the fact it's going to be 90 degrees for the next week and a half here in pittsburgh so nothing's going to calm down before we dive into winners losers everything that we saw today at latrobe derek you had a, a very interesting tweet the other day that i do want to I do want to bring up, I've been waiting all week to ask you about this, actually. I try to hold back all my texts to you during the week because I'm like, I'm just going to ask them on Friday. I'll get a better answer in person. You said uh, you expect the Steelers, just a hunch, that they aren't done adding people this offseason. You want to you wanna expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, um, I tweeted out that just that looking at the inside linebackers, um, when I was doing my positional preview for the site, just kind of going through the specific like skill sets and archetypes that they have in the room right now. I don't know. I just got the hunch that, you know, they're not really done maybe adding to that spot just yet. Um, and then when I heard Omar Khan, it was really funny. I tweeted that I think it was Tuesday and then Omar Khan yeah, the yeah. very next day was uh, someone in the media asked him about it and said, what about the inside linebacker room? Are you done adding? And he was basically saying, yeah, we'll look at adding whoever, you know, it's just got to be the right type <laughs> of fit. So it was kind of funny, but 
Um, I don't think it's necessarily a guarantee per se, but I think, you know, if a veteran becomes available, whether it be a cut or, you know, a trade option as it gets closer uh, to the regular season, maybe through training camp or something like that, depending on how some of the younger guys progress, particularly like Mark Robinson, you know, how what kind of summer is he having? What kind of steps is he taking in year two? I could yeah. definitely see them making a move just because, you know, you look at a Landon Roberts contract and it doesn't exactly look like a starter level contract. And Roberts is a very specific niche type player um, who has a very specific skill set. And I just think that they may want somebody who has a little more of a well-rounded game to pair with Cole Holcomb. But again, that's just speculation on my part. Just just a hunch. No, I I, I definitely kind of agree. And I think that was one of our big take takeaways yesterday was the inside linebackers didn't really look too great. No. And I think today was an extension of that too. Um, yeah, I, I was not. They didn't, not la- they didn't last summer either. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the issue. Yeah. I think that's yeah. what we were talking about. Yeah. So, Derek, do you think this is a move that they would make before training camp ends, you know, before the season starts? Or is it something that they're going to wait a little bit longer to do if they do do it? I mean, uh, I know we've talked a little bit about Quan Alexander. You know, he's still technically a free agent out there on the market. I don't know if, you know, usually if guys leave Pittsburgh without a contract, it's not a good bet that they're going to end up coming back here. Um, yeah. But having said that, you know, you know, when when teams draft rookies and then in this summer portion, I mean, every other team's going through the same talent development kind of um, session that the Steelers are. You're seeing what steps have young guys make. Um, your rookies, how ready are they to play? You know, so some of these teams that took inside linebackers on day one, day two of the draft, if those guys kind of look better, maybe than expected, some of the higher price veterans could end up coming on the market. I mean, we've seen some stuff like that happen in years past with the Steelers. You know, they've made uh, late summer acquisitions. You know, you think of Joe Hayden, uh, Joe Schobert. They've spent late round picks on guys like even like Justin Gilbert in the past flyer type guys. Um, so you just never know who's going to be available, but it would be tough right now uh, to find a guy. Like I said, I, I see them over the next week or two, you know, you get those first couple preseason games in the mix. You can kind of evaluate where the young players are. And then as, you know, roster cuts and, you know, rumors start coming available of, you know, this guy might be on the block or whatever. I, I expect them to at least explore the idea of continue, continuing to add to the room. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I feel the same way. And I think that was my biggest thing the last two days is like it, I, I'm hit or miss because yesterday the big takeaway when, with Holcomb was uh, he got burnt by Anthony McFarlane. Today he gets burnt by Calvin Austin. He's supposed to be the field general, the potential cover guy. But at the same time, I, I don't expect any inside linebacker in the NFL to be able to not get burnt by Calvin Austin. And if that was the case, I mean so – that was a really cool play call. I'm going to nerd out for a second, but basically they were running um, like cover three fire zone and they ended up motioning Austin to the weak side of the formation away from the slot. So with Holcomb being in that, you know, kind of position, he basically has to match once Austin goes to the wheel and then carry in vertical. So that's a really difficult spot. Definitely not anybody on the market. There's probably very few no. players in general, maybe Fred Warner that could probably uh, help carry a guy like Calvin um, at top speed. So difficult spot to put him in. But I do think um, I do think it's tough. You know, you've got some some issues there potentially in coverage. I think that Holcomb's going to be OK. Um, he's a good athlete, at least. Um, but, you know, Robert's definitely not a guy that you want in coverage. No, so. no I, and here's the thing. I, I mean, I am 
you know, I, from what I just heard from you is that you're seeing plenty of training camp. So maybe you have <laughs> seen this, but, uh, but they yesterday were rolling out a formation. One inside linebacker feel, felt like two slot corners. Maybe it was a third safety, um, but definitely five, maybe six DBs on the field. Something I thought, you know, looked interesting. Looks like a move they could possibly make because Holcomb was the one guy. And then I think yesterday it was like Duke Dawson and Trey Norwood. And then Keanu Neal with Demonte KZ. Was there like five guys on a line of scrimmage? Like there five, five guys, guys on a line of scrimmage and then yeah, five yeah. BBs and then one linebacker. So like yes. a penny, like a penny front. That's an, a Philly uses yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Let's go penny front. Yeah. Yeah. But uh it broke that one out. I thought that was useful. And I thought that they had the they have the personnel for it, I think. And I think that's a way that they could get around it. Um the Minka not practicing, you know, in this discussion, Minka not practicing, I think, yeah. kind of hurts this hurts what we could see because there's a part of me that sees Keanu Neal kind of being in that mix as like a drop down fill. Yeah. Not an inside linebacker, but yeah. you know what I mean? I, I feel like you saw a lot more of Keanu Neal today, uh, kind of playing in a coverage role and things like that. So I think he's he's certainly capable of that. Um, and and I totally agree that Minka not being on the field really limits what you can and cannot see from this team and, and, and what you're going to see from this defense. It's not a finished product by any means, which, you know. The addition that they're going to make is just Minka added, getting added to the mix and, and shuffling guys around to, to, uh, to make it all fit a little bit better. What else have you? Uh, what else have you been able to see on the Twitter world there? I mean, I, I've tried to catch clips as I can. I've been I've been actually working and watching my daughter, so I haven't seen everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I did see Neil uh, playing a little center field today. Uh, with he was Mika. Patrick Peterson also playing yeah, center field that today. Peterson Broke was that one out a little bit free safety, so that's interesting. Yeah, it was very interesting. I kind of liked it. You know, he kind of. I, I mean, I think I saw two plays of it, but in those two plays, I felt very. It, it felt very comfortable, you know, which was which was good. Big standout to me is um, is your mic might, might, might be unplugged in uh, today. The last two days, Nick Herbig, hands down, dude. I, I have seen that everybody giving Herbig love, man. Yeah, dude has been uh, dude has been a monster the last two days. There are no pads on, so everything is talk about it with a reserve of. Okay, let's not overhype a guy who's running around in shorts and helmets. But at the same time, I mean, we're on two days. He's got to have six, six, seven sacks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it got a pass breakup today. Like, that's something that's just timing. Like, that, that'll that happen in pads or out of pads. Can, I, can people hear me? Yeah, you're good now, bro. Okay, we're Okay, sweet. Um, yeah, I mean, that's going to happen in or out of pads, I feel like. Um, and, 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 you know, not being in pads plays to his speed and helps kind of compensate for him being a little undersized. But – yeah, that speed is real. Like he can move. Um, so I was really impressed with with Nick Herbig, and it's just it, it, it was the consistency and the level of dominance. It wasn't just you know one or two plays. He's consistently doing it time and time and time again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for Herbig, man, it goes back to when I was you know doing the film room on him. It was mm-hmm. that he has a really electric first step, man. He could really get off the rock and like for listeners of this channel and you know people that listen to us talk on the site but you know getting off the rock is the most important thing for an edge rusher being able to threaten the outside shoulder and win with speed on the edge is is super important so herbie can definitely get off the rock man he's got good snap anticipation a really quick first step um, i'm really really intrigued to see what he looks like in preseason i know he's put on a little bit of weight since you know wisconsin wrapped their season up 
um, I'm just, you know, excited. Maybe he's potentially a guy that's, you know, standing out enough to push himself into playing time, even at a really, you know, kind of loaded position group. Yeah, I kind of see it the same way. Like I look at like Marks Golden, he's the three, but I don't he's think not going to look as good without without pads on though. He's exactly, exactly. He's a power rusher. You you look at Herbig. I think there's snaps there. I don't know how many snaps there are, but there might be five a game. And those five snaps can be, you know, you could turn those into a lot if you're an edge rusher. All you need is one, really. And from what I've seen so far, I'm impressed. I, I mean, but he looked good in minicamp. He looked good in OTAs. This is not the first time that we've sat here and talked about Nick Herbig impressing. You know, he's just been that guy. So when the pads come on, I, I, that's the biggest question because when you're looking at a guy who – the arm size is the concern. The size is the concern. It's not the speed. You know, you're, when you're t- when when we're talking footwork and early hand placement and how quick you could get off the, the line of scrimmage, it's not, you know, you could do all these things in helmets and shorts and have an upper hand. Once those pads come on and those guys get to really jab you, you know, then can you can you beat them? And that's the I think that's the big question that we'll find out on Tuesday. Yeah, I think that's what you kind of saw with Herbig's film, too. You know, there were definitely times where he would get, you know, an offensive tackle's shoulders turned and, you know, the ability to kind of plant that inside arm on his chest. And, you know, he couldn't really do a ton with it. You know, and that's just because he doesn't have a ton of length. So when offensive tackles are able to kind of establish that, you know, first meaningful contact with him, they can kind of easily kind of just wrap him up a little bit because, you know, he's kind of undersized. But, um, yeah. you know, that speed's going to be difficult to deal with, man. He's He's got a jetpack strapped to him. So he's he's quick. He's really quick. Yeah. No, 100%. I think uh, I think another guy that stood out to me today, Allen Robinson. Oh, yeah. Huge, 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 huge big time. He had two or three catches at least that would have gone for touchdowns on on a normal play, um, even when they're not in pads, you know, you can tell those were he had one in seven shots, I believe. He had another uh Kenny kind of like played around, you know, it was a little bit of a backyard football play where he uh directed Allen who was he was scrambling out of the pocket towards <laughs> the sideline that we were on. I think your mic's messed up again. Really? <laughs> Steven might be we're having technical difficulties on Steven, but uh we can still I can still hear you though. So you're good. Oh yeah. Sweet. Um yeah, but no, it was a I don't know. To me, it demonstrated kind of the connection that Allen and Kenny have already. Um, kind of the the unspoken like bond, I guess, but just chemistry that they have. They know each other a little bit more, a little bit better than I would have anticipated at this point in training camp. Um, you know, just the way that they communicated on the field when the bullets were somewhat live and you know the play was actually going on. Um, that was what really impressed me and stood out the most. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Maybe we are hearing you through my mic your mic seems to be on we'll figure this out by another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of slash talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. By the end of the weekend, we'll definitely have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll wander down, 100% have this figured out. Um, I agree, though. He had the one play, the backyard football play, I thought was great just because it showed his veteran presence. Like, it showed what Allen Robinson's really good at, and that's just being a pro. Um, kind of, like, gave a little comeback on, I want to say it was Levi Wallace. And then was like, nope, gotcha. Went deep. Kenny hit him, which was huge. Um, the seven shots was nice. It just, you know, especially once Deontay left, you just kind of felt like there was still somebody there that was very reliable 
outside of George. I thought George had a good day too, but uh, Allen Robinson really stood out to me. Yeah. I, I keep going back to the same play, man. Uh, when they were playing the Falcons last year, he was running um, what's what they call a swirl route, which is basically just a seven stop and same kind of thing. Stafford's kind of eyeing him, but you know, it's zone coverage and there's got kind of a guy already in the throwing lane and Robinson just is able to sneak inside um, and find that open void in the zone. And I, I've mentioned this several times, but I think it's going to be really good for Kenny, um, especially given some of their struggles, particularly in the middle of the field against zone coverage. Robinson's a guy who's been around. He's played with a bunch of different quarterbacks. He understands the game. He understands leverage. Um, he's going to help this team a lot as a veteran presence who's, you know, seen a bunch of different coverages and just knows how to get open, even if, you know, he might, he may have, you know, lost a little bit of a step from when he was, you know, coming into the league. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. And that's all the Pittsburgh Steelers are really looking for him to do is just be that be that guy. Um, I wish you were here for a minute to see Joey Porter Jr. get, I want to say, out-muscled by George yeah, Pickens. Is this the, the, the curl route that he caught? Yeah, the curl route that he caught. Came back, Joey's chain gets snatched. Um, Mike Tomlin let him know about that for a good five minutes, I'd say. Just let him know. And this is funny because it, it, it would have obviously been a penalty if this is a real game. Like, George very clearly pushed off of him. Actually, like, broke the chain that Joey was wearing. Felt bad for Joey. That's a, that's a rough thing to happen on the second day. Uh, but uh, it was it would have very clearly been a penalty. But I think uh, Mike was kind of letting it go, and the coaches were kind of letting it go because they got to remind Joey that, look, you were a physical guy in college, but it's not always going to work out that way in the NFL. These guys are bigger, stronger, faster, so – if you want to be physical, you got to be ready to get physical back. Yeah, it goes back to my guy Tyler Wise on Twitter. Always commit OPI. <laughs> they don't ever call it. So <laughs> that's a, uh, receiver receiver coaches around the NFL and even going down to the lower levels, you know, college, high school, they're teaching guys how to get away with more and more uh, down the field just because refs are so you know inconsistent about you know calling that type of stuff. But I do I do think it's going to be a good matchup for those two. You know, both of those guys are are big physical guys and. Um, I think throughout the training camp, you know, sessions, it's going to be nice to see them go one-on-one quite a bit. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, I think Joey was a winner yesterday, felt very impressed by him today. I kind of felt like guys got the best of them. I think that's a good learning curve. Like that's a good place to be is like, I don't want the hype to get too real right now. Let's come on. And then we kind of see what's going on and, you know, where we're going to see these guys, but yeah, OPI. Uh, is Kenny the real deal the past two days? I'm going to be totally honest. I don't think I've been overly impressed with Kenny Pickett the last two days. I'm not saying I'm not impressed by him. I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm. he had poor performances, but there have been a couple of times, like the Calvin Austin deep ball today over Cole Holcomb. That was underthrown. Um, he had a nice pass to Anthony McFarlane yesterday over Cole Holcomb that I thought was placed well. Um, but yesterday, just to start off practice, they went deep to George Pickens over Patrick Peterson, and that ball was underthrown. And it just kind of feels like the the power on the long balls are just – it's just still not there. Yeah, I think you might be able to attribute that to a little bit of rust. Um, you know, perhaps maybe uh, like Kenny has he, – he's been thrown with these guys, but this is a bit of a different animal. So I think we can reserve a little bit of judgment until, you know, things get – until we get a little bit deeper into training camp. But, yeah, I'd agree. Kenny, don't think he's been awful, but he hasn't wowed you with his arm quite yet. Yeah, I think in general it's difficult to place uh, much emphasis kind of on quarterbacks without a live pass rush. I mean, 
it just it's, yes. it's hard to it's hard to learn a ton about that you know especially just some of the clips that i'm seeing you know not just of steelers training camp but just in general on my twitter timeline you know you got these quarterbacks getting to their three-step drive they get to their back foot and it's like pat 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 the ball and yeah. that's, that's not how it is in, in real real live nfl action you know once you get to that back 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 foot of your drop that ball's gonna come out and so it's different when you're not playing with a pass rush but you know i'm excited to see what he looks like uh you know, in, in uh, preseason games, like hopefully he gets a little bit of run with some of these guys. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's the thing. Like with Kenny Pickett, we want to break down every single, oh, he can do this, he can't do that. Like that's not who Kenny Pickett is. It's not what Kenny Pickett does well. It's not why the Steelers want Kenny Pickett to be the guy. Like Kenny Pickett's just plays quarterback. He wins. He's able to make plays sometimes with his legs, sometimes with his arm. You'd like to see more of that, but he's not Patrick Mahomes and I don't think – you know, like that's a standard like you can't hold him to. Everybody wins. Jalen Hurts didn't go to the Super Bowl last year because he could throw 65 yards on a dime. You know, like that's not why the Eagles went to ended up in wherever the Super Bowl was. Uh, Phoenix. Thank you. Um, you know, they ended up there because Jalen Jalen Hurts knows how to win in his game. Kenny Pickett knows how to win in his game. I just kind of hope. And I think the Calvin Austin play that you pointed out earlier where they shifted that formation and allowed that to open up. I think that is a good example of. You feel okay, like you feel like okay, like this is the this is the offensive design that they're supposed to be running, and Kenny can win with that. Yeah, I mean it was a fifty or a fifty something, forty something yard pass. I don't remember the exact yardage, but it was a deep play, and uh, I don't think this offense is going to have trouble moving the ball. Well, I I think the seven shots, like the fact that you know today was the first day that they did that drill, um, and I think that was kind of that's something that's going to be really telling as we move on and as pads get put on and. We start seeing them actually, you know, start to play more real football because I think red zone, red zone scoring was a real struggle for them last year, and it's something that's gonna kind of make or break, quite honestly, their season. Um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not worried about them moving the ball, but execution when things get when things get tight, if you're not gonna be, you know, scoring sixty yard touchdowns, that's where you gotta gotta make your living. Yeah. Um, next guy I want to talk about, I think, is a winner. Had another game. Had another good good game or a good day. Uh, had a sack. I believe I'll credit him with a sack. My boy, Elijah Riley, yeah. coming out here red hot. I don't know how much you've been paying attention, Derek, but I'm just I've, been, I've been peeping. I've been peeping. That guy, uh, he's been he's been making plays, you know? I, and I think that at this point, it's like almost strange how they're playing the, the slot because I understand it's not – there's no order. This is not, oh, this guy's going to be the starter. He's the favorite, blah, blah, blah. Duke Dawson had a rough day, got beaten seven shots twice, I believe. Um, Patrick Peterson played the slot a little bit, but kind of bounced all over the place, and he doesn't really count. Chandon Sullivan has been nobody in the last two days. I have barely recognized him on the field. And Trey Norwood, they're continuing to hammer out there, but he gets beat just as much as he somewhat makes a play, you know, which is concerning. But Elijah Riley, consistent, very, very consistent. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It seems like, so far, like, yesterday seemed like Duke Dawson's day, and then today seemed like Elijah Riley's day. Like, every day, at least one of those, what is it, four or five guys who can play the slot at some point, or is competing yeah. for that spot in the in the slot, uh, is standing out, um, or at least has so far. So, it'll be interesting to see if that trend continues tomorrow, if this becomes a two-horse race or three-horse race, or if, uh, if Elijah Riley just takes over. Let me ask you this, Derek. You could create, you could sculpt 
a Steelers slot corner without perfection? What you looking for? Oh man, um, like a like a player type. Like who who would I want? Yeah, yeah, that? yeah. What's the skill set that you're looking for? With without like it has to be realistic. You can't be like, oh, well, they could just do everything perfect. No. Yeah. Um, Brian Branch. <laughs> I've seen some Brian Branch uh, love from Detroit Lions camp. So it makes me, I think he, they said, is that they where he ended got, up as Detroit? Yeah. They say he's already got like six or seven pass breakups in just the first couple of practices. So, wow. um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it really just depends. I, I know the Steelers are going to try to get multiple different looks at some different guys because they don't really have an easy answer. And also, it's worth noting that now with Cam Sutton playing elsewhere, it's different. Like they don't have that fallback option that fail safe that they've had in years past to where, you know, if guys go in there and struggle or certain teams start exposing them a little bit in coverage um, on passing downs, like they can't just move cam in there. So he's not here. So it's really just a matter of kind of trying to mix and match um, what they're going to do on early downs and what they're going to do on third down situations. But um, ideally, yeah, I I think that one of these guys would at least be reliable in coverage, especially with how persistent NFL teams are now with moving their top tier weapons kind of in the slot especially on third and down third downs. Um, so you, you need to be solid there. You know, we saw them at times, particularly in the second Bengals game last year, the, the Bengals kind of hit them with that moving T Higgins into the slot, uh, which was really problematic. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that the answer is on the roster, but that's one of the biggest questions I think we have to get fil- figured out before we hit week one. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I agree. And I'm not, you know, like I've been, I've been calling the Elijah Riley hype for a little while, but it's not like I think he's the perfect fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers or the best option. I think it's just the best option that they have out of that group. That's how I view him. Um, you were breaking this down a little bit earlier with the Calvin Austin play. Have you noticed anything else different from Matt Canada's offense as you've seen some highlights? It's tough for me. Like you know the film, you you could you could pick up formations much better than I. Um, and I'm sure you've you've gotten your fair share of of Twitter clips. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, just the little bit that I've seen. I mean, training camps really just we're getting into the very basic install type stuff. Like I saw the yes. the Joey Porter Jr. George Pickens play was just Hank, which is one of the most popular passing concepts, really NFL wide, something they ran a million times last year. So I don't I don't know that I could really tell much different. And even in the preseason, we're going to see you always see such vanilla versions of the offense. Like if you go back and look at preseason film from the Steelers from last year, there was stuff they ran in the preseason that they threw out before the regular season. There was stuff that we didn't see until the regular season. It's not going to be any different this year. So I think that um, I know everybody gets really ahead of themselves and, you know, they see tweets like middle of the field, middle of the field. We just got to see, man, (laughs) we just got to see what it is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's early. I like that. You know, you saw a little bit of mix of something that you're that you liked, which feels really good. Um, but again, we got a good month before you get a vibe of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think even farther past that. Like I think once you hit the regular season, you're not going to toss everything out there. You're going to toss a little bit out there week one, a little bit out there week two. It's not going to be it's not going to be a total change. What I do like is that. George Pickens and Kenny Pickett have both alluded to it's a lot of the same, but they're trying to adjust it to the guys that they have. So they're trying to adjust it to Kenny Pickett. They're trying to adjust it to George Pickens and Calvin Austin, Deontay Johnson, which I think, you know, it kind of felt like last year, like it was like, okay, this is Matt Canada's offense. This is what he wants to run. The year before that, it was, 
while Ben's fighting for his offense and Matt Canada's fighting for his offense, now it's like, okay, let's just build an offense for the offense that we have. And I think that's, yeah. you know, that's what you need. And we've talked a lot about the decision to to run this back with Canada. And I, I think if you're looking for, you know, silver linings or a positive spin on it, just in general with maintaining a lot of familiarity within the offense is a good thing, especially for a young quarterback. But now that Kenny's in year two, I think that you'll see, like he's talked about him having more input in the offense. I think that that is really big. You know, you do need offensive coordinators to push some unfamiliarity on young quarterbacks so that they can continue yes. to develop and get better. But you also need to be able to take their ideas. Okay, like I like this concept against this, or I like when we pair this route concept on the other side of this route concept. Being able to pair those things together and get him feedback um, and just getting more comfortable in general, I think will be a big thing for them going forward. But, you know, now that Kenny's got a year of experience, he'll be able to add more valuable input to those type of conversations. Yeah, 100%. And I think in general, just it's it's good to challenge Kenny. I think he'll welcome that. Mm-hmm. I think that's important for a quarterback's development. I think that's something that we're going to see as training camp progresses. Um, like you said, like the the deeper we get into this, I think the more we're going to see from Kenny, um, either good or bad, he's going to get challenged, and and it's just going to be out there, and we're going to be able to see all of it. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Shout out to our boy Rich Ton here, uh, best show on the tube. Appreciate you. Appreciate all the love that we've been getting the past couple of days. Feels feels really cool. Well, a lot of you. It feels, feels pretty awesome. A little surreal. Um, all the love to all you guys. Uh, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Allen Robinson, and Associates. Love that. I think we should start calling them the, the law firm. I'm a big fan. And uh, also, get DB to Pittsburgh. We're, we've been working on it. We've been. I've been working on it for a long time. Um, we're trying. All right, Derek, you got anything else that you uh, picked up today? Little uh, little nuggets, little anything? Uh, no, I heard Alex Housemith had a good day. Uh, that was that was an interesting to see. Uh, I think that the tackles in general probably struggled a little bit based on the tweets that I saw. I don't know if you guys would agree on that, but obviously yeah. no pads makes that a little bit different. The Steelers have a bunch of speed rushers. It's kind of it's hard to lock those guys up when you can't really hit them. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of how I feel at the same time. Like like Lil Raven Clark has had a miserable two days, miserable two days, and that's just like it's not it's not anybody's fault. Like it's 400 degrees outside. You are 320 pounds and you are not allowed to hit anybody. You have to be fast. That's just not like, it's just not, you shouldn't even be out there. We're being honest. This is conditioning for you. And it's, and it sucks because you're just going to look bad all the time. Broderick Jones did get a first team rep though. First one in two days. Wouldn't look too far into it, but I mean, definitely good, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's just like part of the process for him. Um, they're going to test them out, and it's it is clearly kind of an open competition. Even if you give the upper hand to to Dan Moore, and they're trying a lot of guys out in a lot of different positions, they're kind of mixing up the groupings, just kind of seeing what comes back. Uh, but you know, it, it, it is kind of the first. Say so this is the first kind of step in this competition. This is the first time the project was able to kind of put some stuff on film and put some data together and, and show where he kind of fits in with that first team offensive line. So it, it's a competition, but. Yeah, I kind of feel like, you know, next Tuesday we get a better vibe of all this. But for right now, thoughts and prayers to all those 300-pound men that are running. Because I cramped up today walking around. And, you know, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm no Derek. I'm no Derek Bell. But I'm, I would say I'm not out of shape, you know. And uh, I tried. Uh, I want to answer this one. Limitations on recording videos at training camp. For anybody who's credentialed, so all of us, we can only record individual drills, can't record any team stuff. The fans in the stands could record 
team stuff, you'll see those pop up on Twitter. But anybody who's got a, pa- a media pass is not allowed to record any of that. Um, comes with the pros and cons. You know, we get to talk to the players afterwards. We get to talk to Mike Tomlin and Omar every day. So it, you gotta you gotta deal with the restrictions. But your best bet if you're looking for highlights, stuff like that. Find a buddy. Who- yeah, yeah. Find somebody at yeah. So find somebody at Latrobe and tell them to Facetime you or take some videos. Um, or just go on Twitter and type. Steelers training camp highlights or something. I'm sure something will come up. You'll find something, but unfortunately won't be, won't be from us. All right. With that, we're heading out of here. Day two, Latrobe, Pennsylvania. It was a hot one, but, uh, but it was a good one. Appreciate all you guys for jumping on with us. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk like this video. Find us anywhere you, you get your podcast. We're coming live every day from Latrobe. If it's not me, Steven, it'll just be me or it'll be me and Derek. If we could get them out here again, find everything all Steelers.com, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. Appreciate you. If you guys see us out here, make sure to give us a holler. All love. Enjoy another beautiful, very hot day in the Berg. Peace. <laughs>